welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 2, Episode 3, Interstellar Time, boys. Uh, I'm your co-host, Denali. I'm your host, Ryan. Okay, right. you can't, I thought we were egalitarian, three-way split, you can't just... Well, you decided to go straight host that one time, (laughs) and it upset both of us. So you went co. Okay, fine, Ryan. You you labeled yourself co. Co doesn't mean vice. Okay, you want to be the you want to be the the host, Ryan? Why don't you introduce the show? Uh, Introduce the show this time. What up, cool cat? Boring. (laughs) My name is Jace. I am the Primark host. All right, Jace. What are we going to be talking about? I don't even know. This is your. This is you get to choose the subject now because you have ultimate power. <laughs> was that the the mating screech for the Primarch matriarch? Me and Ryan need to lay a bunch of eggs for your brood. I was, I was summoning so just the, the host who takes who takes really long to do everything. I was summoning my legions of podcast to uh, destroy the earth. Oh, nice. Uh, like, destroy the other podcasts, or or just Earth? Everything. Everything. Starting with the other podcast, of course. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I like your direction, Jace. Um, well, what are we going to be talking about this week? As Primark we'll host, about... I will defer to you. Okay. <laughs> you ass. That's what... <laughs> true leader. True no, leader. Yeah, true leaders uh, push, push his leadership on others, on their other I don't, links. I don't know anything about that, so... Well, I guess I, as I'm next down on the on the host totem pole as host. Well, I thought True. he pushed, he gestured to me, but I guess he he gestured to my Discord window, which is down. So I'm maybe he he met you as the second in command. I think he he probably meant second in command. And please speak when you're spoken to. Okay, that's. that's I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, my lord. <laughs> this week, this week on Good Boys Gone Bland, we're we're doing what? We're taking another. Uh, Another three-hour stay over in the mudroom. <laughs> this time this, in space. Um, this movie was the most physically demanding for my butt. Um, sitting for, for three straight hours. Is uh, Armageddon that long? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, this oh, yeah. is our second installment in the space franchise. Right. And one thing I was thinking about, too, is we started out with dragons and then we hit mm-hmm. ghosts, and now we're yeah. in space. Like, I love Matthew McConaughey already. He's got a funny spread, Eventually, yeah. we're going to go to, like, strippers, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Magic Mike. That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah it's yeah, going to yeah. be good. Could we combine all of those into one really Matthew McConaughey movie? Where I think he's... that's the, yeah. If I had to imagine, is it about a stripper who goes to space and dies and haunts the space station, but learns to love? Yeah, and they fight dragons. And oh and then the drag yeah, and then perhaps the next dragon they slay will be the ticket home. Oh Matthew McConaughey is Space Ghost Dragon Slayer. In Dallas Buyers Club. In Dallas Buyers <laughs> That sequel really went about. off the rails. I heard it was a sad movie that was a true story. I really unless unless I missed missed I don't I haven't yeah, read the news. Mu- you must not have gotten the uh the right ads you know they, they had two different marketing strategies oh yeah yeah where you know what like movie tra- they, they have different movie trailers for like different uh focus yeah. groups i heard the original trailer for interstellar um it was kind of like a fun cooking movie because mm. um, remember there's that there's that scene where they're making eggs in the morning and that was the whole movie that was the whole trailer <laughs> 
in a world where breakfast is ready, one man won't eat his breakfast, even though it looks great, and he leaves. That's yeah, like, that's like the premise the trope, of all right? those commercials. Yeah. The mom all makes the, All the, the ego commercials yeah. and shit, like, nobody ever eats the food. Do you guys think um, the CEO of Eggos has ever had one? Like, you think he's ever eaten an Only Eggo? Only in waffle? boardrooms. Only in, like, the boardrooms when they're, like, R&D is telling them what new kind of Eggos they came up with. I feel like the CEO of Eggos is such old money. Like, he's He's been rich since probably, like, 1885. <laughs> and so what he's, the like, fuck is a waffle? <laughs> yeah, he's like probably never been in. Is that like caviar? Where you you make it look waffly? Is he in the boardroom? And he's like, mm, yeah, I love ego. How do you spell? How do you say this? Wa waffles. Oh, these are great. Oh, I love those. Mm. Is this my cat food company? Is this what the poor is like? <laughs> well, I think um, I was I was kind of watching some of our old episodes, you know, and I'm kind of trying to see where our strengths and weaknesses are of where we can improve and and kind of, you know, what we should, you know, maybe try to implement more. Um, I, I, I let's watch our paycheck episode. And uh, I, I noticed we did a, we did an improv bit, you know, we did a little bit of an improv corner. Um, I think we did a really, really good job with that. Um, and I kind of want to just build that muscle a little bit. You know, like that's what they say in uh, and forgive me, Jace, if I'm if I'm misquoting, but like in weight training, you do want to like work out at least once every couple months um, so that your muscles get bigger. At least once. If you it's yeah. a fine line, though, because yeah. if you work out twice on accident, you'll wake you'll up too big, and you'll right? look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I once and you had, can't go back. I once had a personal trainer like give me like a free consultation when I signed up to a new gym. And he was honestly like, you could probably stop working out and just eat instead, and you would gain like more weight. <laughs> That's the greatest news I've ever <laughs> you could have received. <laughs> yeah, you're good, dude. Like, and Ryan honestly, was like, I physically cannot. <laughs> literally can't eat more than I eat. <laughs> you're like um, Agumon uh, trying to train into uh, Mega Greymon in Digimon, where he's like feeding him all the bananas and mangoes, and he's like, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> Remember that? that? It was like fucked up cut, Digimon man. abuse. That is a deep hey, cut. People watch Digimon, right? Like, people watch Digimon, like, but nobody references <laughs> I went into this. I went into the local game store the other day to like just randomly spend ten minutes, mm -hmm. and uh, there was this guy who was loudly having a debate about the Digimon reboot <laughs> with the guy behind the counter. <laughs> I think just assuming that the guy behind the counter knew everything there is to know about every possible rendition of Digimon, and the guy obviously did. Oh, so it wasn't a debate. It was just one guy. Oh, it was at kind of a guy. debate. It was a captive because, prisoner. <laughs> because the guy behind the counter was doing that thing where when you don't know what you're talking about, you just kind of say like, "Is it though?" <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course it is. <laughs> season four okay. is the best season of Digimon. Is it though? What? Why do you think that? If you're being serious, Ryan, season four is the best fucking season of Digimon because it's where they harness the Digimon spirits. And is that the one where they've got the uh, the like circular looking things and they like scan? That was my favorite. The one where they like scan the barcode. Season one. No, season one Digimon. That wasn't season one Digimon. Giant guys. I'm talking about the one where they like literally transform. Wait, do they always transform with their own Digimon? No, that's season four. Solely season four where they transform with their own Digimon. Season two is with the eggs. And then season three is some bullshit we don't talk about. 
Anyways, this has been the Digimon podcast. <laughs> you know where you should go hang out. <laughs> huh. At the GameStop. They're doing great nowadays. I wasn't GameStop, um, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just assumed. Oh, uh, well, I mean, like I was saying, guys, before you guys rudely interrupted me with your Digimon, uh, Digimon rant, um, you know, improv improv comedy is something, is a muscle you need to work out. Um, like Jay said, you don't want to work it out too much because you'll become too funny on the spot. Um, I did know a guy who was became so funny, he killed everybody in the audience yeah. um, from laughter. He did. He, he slipped on a banana peel, and, her, and it just, it was, that was it. Um, so we want to train, but maybe not too hard. So I've got our uh, main workout uh, gym here, which is called canigetA.com. Oh, no. That provides a, a location, a relationship, and a, and a word. <laughs> and do you guys remember the number one rule about improv? Um, say don't for do me? it. Always say don't. maybe. Don't, don't make people do it who don't want to do it. So nobody now, here. Ryan, that is not the spirit of improv. The spirit is yes and so ryan when i say do you want to do improv you say yes no. and i want to do it right now so, <laughs> yes and wait three weeks so i can come up with some bullshit that's meantime. not improv my friend um you just you know whenever someone suggests something in improv you say yes and you build on it right so jace let's let's do an exercise right now jace would you like a banana yes and could you make it warm please see there we go that's comedy <laughs> Why did you say that? You <laughs> told me to say yes. That was great, Jace. Good job. Um, so let's keep that in mind. So Jason, Ryan, I'm going to have you guys both do a scene as your improv coach here. Um, <laughs> Jace is all warmed up here. Ryan, I think you need a little bit of a warm up. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fire up the generator and I'm going to give you guys a location, relationship, and a word. And then I'm, I'm so going to guess. I'm gonna point at one of you to start the scene. Like I'm gonna kind of the pointing is not gonna work, man. Because Wait, who are, you, who are you pointing are at right different now? Different than yours. Who are you pointing at right now? This I'm pointing at Jace. That's Ryan nope, for me. That's fucked up. And that, that's Ryan. Okay, that's okay. me. Right. It's not the way screen sharing. Works. Okay, I will wink at the person. Um, who is Just gonna say go. the name? Your left eye. Wait, wink your left eye. This is killing. That's me. me. Your left eye is me. And your right okay, eye is I wink right. my left eye. Right. And then if I blink, that's both of you guys start at the same time. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm going to do. Here we go. Yeah. Well, oh, my British accent. What yeah, are you feel doing free to... in my swamp? Well, say I don't know how it got in the swamp. I'm from London. Oh, cheerio. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from London. Nice to meet you. Is yeah, I think across... I'm going to go southern. Is that across the canal? We call it the channel. That's good. That's good, right? Say, okay, save it for the... Save it for I've got the, no you know, idea what the fuck excited. this guy is saying to me, but I want to punch what him in his face. What are you doing in my swamp? Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a location. Huh? All right, the location is an is an Apple store. Um, the relationship is a dentist slash patient. One's a dentist the and a patient? What... I think I think one's one person is a dentist and the other person is a patient, mm. not a dentist patient. And then um, the word is jousting. That's oh, your Q word. Okay, you got to work I'll jousting in here. You are in an Apple store and a dentist, a patient. Okay. Uh, Ryan, do you want to start the yeah. scene or Jason? I'll do it. Start the I'll scene? do it. You want to start the scene? Okay. All right. Remember, guys, the rule: yes and. You want to build off each other. Um, just let it, let it let it flow out of you guys. All right. And scene. 
Hello, Governor. Nice bloody day we're having. <laughs> Say, aren't you my dentist? Yeah, for, uh, you've been following me for three days. Oh, um, no, I haven't. You have. <laughs> Blimey, you must look like some one of these other blokes, you know? I t okay, we, we have a serious problem here. Your teeth are so fucking out of- I told you, I cannot do the work. Wait, Here in America, school? I cannot do the work on you unless you provide money. This isn't your socialist country that you came from. Oh, we're not socialists. Nice we have a queen. Nice. She does fuck all, but we love her anyways. I've got no idea what the fuck that means in regard to the local or overarching government of your country. Are you going to fix my phone or not? The fuck are you? I'm trying to buy Fuji apples. They're Fuji. my favorite. <laughs> you're in the wrong store. <laughs> you're no, you're in the wrong store. You, you need to go back to Grindelwald's. Grindelwald's. Okay. What's the code word? <laughs> if you fuck it, if you insult me one more time, I'm gonna invite you back to my horse ranch. Oh, fiddly plum. Don't get your <laughs> trousers in a nut. And I'm going to stick a joust straight through your heart. Oh, jousting's oh, the national sport. You don't fatten us. Indeed. <laughs> I was afraid you guys forgot that we're <laughs> you guys stretching it out as you're trying to remember jousting. I knew it. I had it written down. That was that was great, guys. I love the um, I love the brilliant uh, period appropriate accents. Yeah, um, you I've guys been really on, got I've been into your that for, I've seriously been working on that for like eight years. That's really sad, right? <laughs> I've been working on going to London. I want to. I want. Uh, I like yeah, to like, yeah. immerse You'll... myself in whatever mm. culture I go to. Yeah, try to you be like, like to do a the day accent. in the life of the local. Yeah, uh... I want to be treated like a local. Uh, well, that was that was great, guys. You, you guys are really um, you guys are showing your chops. Thanks. Um, I love uh, it. Cool. Well, I think we, I think you guys did a great job. Um, I, I'm pretty proud as your guys' improv coach. Um, I think, I think we got you a lot of yucks. You didn't coach us at all. You just you you told us what shit. to do. Oh, I, well, this okay. Is a, that's, this is a scam. That's, yeah. That's what am I paying you for? Is, you know, this is like IT, you know, it's like, you don't, you only realize when things go wrong. You know, I'm, I'm guiding you guys mm. into, uh, I, into improv greatness. Like, I, I mean, think let me, the you, website you guys, is guiding us. All right, all right. You guys, you guys don't think I got the the improv chops? No. Yeah, I'll, let's I'll see. Draw you. something up, let's, baby. Let's go. All right, all right. I'm like Gloves the gym off. teacher who's who's playing dodgeball here. Okay. All right. Who wants to the be the gym my teacher? By partner? the way, could never climb that rope. You know, it's way harder for an adult to do than a child. Yeah, they're <laughs> never climbing that rope. A child who weighs like an ounce. All right. Who wants to be my improv partner? Jace, I was your partner last time. Do you want to? Do you want to do a go again, or do you? Want I've to, been you want reading Sanford Meisner's book on acting, so I think it'd I mean, be a great idea for me to go again. All right, Jace, let's. Okay, you're okay. You're my, you're my improv it. partner. You want to do I'll the? Can I get a? I can't May I get a? It's coming up. Okay, this song. happened. This happened last time. You go. You can dash i dash get dash a dot com. That is so the shittiest. That's so bad. I know, dude, but some is. fucking balding guy who runs a, a improv theater Ooh. in college made this, this website. Hey, this is good so far. <clears throat> okay, okay, what do we got? What do we got, okay. right? <laughs> the location is 
mm-hmm. hollow deck. Oh, hollow deck, like in Star Wars. The okay, relationship. Right. I know it's Star Trek. <laughs> okay, yeah. Is logger and forest ranger. Okay. The word is cones. <laughs> and action. Well, now, what are you doing over there yonder? I have been here chopping this tree. Don't you know? I don't know why I'm a southern guy and everything. Don't you know? Don't, I think I should be Canadian. Don't you know you're not supposed to... <laughs> you're not supposed to be cutting the actual holo, hologram trees in here? Oh, so am I going to get a fire for my family? How long have you been in here, boy? I change my accent every line. I've been in here for about an hour. My schedule time... What are you... Now, hey, Ranger! You've already... What? You're telling me I can't cut trees down here? You've already started a family inside the holodeck. You can't fall in love in here. Oh, I didn't know that the ranger was here to tell me what I couldn't could do with my life, as opposed to what I can and can't do in the forest. Is this a cheap rendering trees inside the holodeck? Oh, now you're insulting me. Not only am I here on my break from working on this goddamn spaceship, but you're telling me my trees are shit. Listen, Jim, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I, I come to the, I, I know this is your holodeck time, but like, I come here to do the forest ranger thing. I thought you were a hologram, honestly, for like a good 30 seconds. I, I didn't know you're, you're Jim from engineering. But I thought we work just, together, dude. Look, I just, I like to come in here and tell people not to cut the trees down. It, it kind of relaxes me. I'm the only person that does a logging. It reminds me of home. We don't have any of these trees in space. I'm oh, a- I'm sorry, Jim. Sorry. This this holodeck it messes with the rod and cone cells in my eyes and make, creates these illusions that where I can't discern reality. Yeah, if you don't leave, I'm gonna shove a pine cone up your ass. That was good. That was good. I think. Insane. That was. It was. Uh, um. Right. Can you, can you critique us? Give us some honest critiques. Yeah. Uh. I had no idea. You guys were a bit mm-hmm. confused. So. Uh. I feel like okay. at one point deciding that the park ranger wasn't part of the hollow deck mm. took a while for jace to catch on so maybe i was trying uh, to play into it like you know yeah, it you was did, my you, you, at the end it did really holo- well yeah yeah, yeah we, we were trying to sync up i was confused oh okay uh can i get an honest critique of my accents your accents are all five dog shit and <laughs> okay jace's are actually really solid Okay, so room for improvement. Yeah, so me and Jace um, are definitely the accent people of the group. Yeah. Can you say something maybe positive about my accents? No. There were a lot of them. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, there's room for improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, now you guys know how it's done. So, uh, I mean, try not to be intimidated next time we do improv here. Uh, But I think that was great. That was really funny. I think um, we busted a lot of guts back there. Uh, now that we're all buttered up, guys, I just want to get into uh, the old movie mansion, bust this thing open, and uh, and talk about uh, the thing we watched this week. That improv was just a minute of reprieve from being stuck in this mudroom. It's sweltering hot outside. You know, there's no AC in the mudroom because it's just where you take your shoes off, and we're still locked in here. <laughs> I like the idea of us doing impromptu plays for each other, like... 
to two break up the plays monotony of watching the same <laughs> entertain the one other person in the mudroom. It's like a five by eight room. Wait, so we're so desperate for other content outside of McConaughey and the actor we're watching we that we're it. trying to generate content that's not McConaughey-centric <laughs> for one one guy at a time. <laughs> okay, it's my turn to watch. Chase the channel, chase the channel. Well, do we want to get into the to the old the old movie here? Um, whose turn is it to do the synopsis? Is it Chase's turn? It's not me, because. You guys didn't like mine last time. I remember that. You did not give a uh, fair and balanced uh, review of of. Okay, no, 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 no. I gave a perfectly fair. Mm -hmm. But was it balanced, Brian? Wasn't was, balanced. Were you, was you didn't you didn't sell the movie, Brian? Jason, it's I like, want to hear you sell. It's, it's like you guys are Interstellar. you guys are saying that like uh, okay, mm -hmm. equal the the equal talking time fallacy. You know, like if there's a thousand people who support climate change the theory of climate okay. change and then there's one person who denies it yeah and you give equal speaking time to them people are going to come out thinking right. that the evidence for you know that climate change isn't real is way bigger than it is uh -huh. that well the so thing is though our can... synopsis is a synopsis of the plot not the review of the movie as we feel about it <laughs> you want to sell the movie jace i want you to give a fair and balanced um Synopsis of Interstellar. No political agenda. I know there's been a lot of talk about gravitational lensing and a lot of like interstellar traveling stuff going on in the news right now. I don't want you to mention any of that stuff in, in what you talk about. So when you say words like gravity, just try to keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, one second. Oh, Jace is thinking. Are He's you looking, Jace? Are you noise generator? <laughs> Is, are you loading your soundboard? Oh, wah, wah. your shock jock radios. <laughs> oh, ooga. Do, do, do. Uh, you guys want to become shock jocks? Real trap music. Damn, son. <laughs> Jason Ryan in the morning. In the morning. All right. Are we go? E. Already, Jace, you guys, you want to beam us aboard and uh, talk about this interstellar movie. This week, we watched the 2014 blockbuster hit interstellar in a world where food scarcity threatens humanity's survival and cause drastic population decline and oh, every person okay. has pulmonary fibrosis only oh, okay. one member of future farmers of america can save them <laughs> a localized gravitational anomaly leads our fearless Whoa. farmer of america <laughs> to a set of secret coordinates <laughs> what did i tell you about Gravity turns. You just had it too. <laughs> Sorry, I meant uh, forces pushing down. There, he finds the remnants of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration program, NASA, and the future of humanity. So anyway, <clears throat> that was good. No, that was good, Jace. That was oh, that, that was, was that was that was, that was good. That was that was a different approach. I thought so. You kind of walked us up towards the movie, but didn't want to yeah. just talk about the. You just you kind of want to set the premise. Okay, that's okay. Let's, let's, I can't can do the, I can't, the premise. I can't do the, the premise. I can't do the whole thing in that that whole voice. thing. It's, it'd be different. Well, we can we can walk up. We can. We, oh, do you want to do the rest? You want to do the rest of the movie? 
Yeah, I can do the rest. I just needed to. Oh, I, I thought wanted you just to, wanted to walk. Thought you were like, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore. Right, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> We're abandoning well, this idea. <laughs> you just, you just interrupted me when I said gravitational anomaly, and then you interrupted okay, hey, me two I'm, other times. That was my fault. So okay. you know, I was trying to do a shtick. You don't have to pension for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Please. Live please commentary. He's like the people who comment on like SoundCloud videos, like sound, SoundCloud audio clips for some oh, reason. Oh, be like, oh, here it comes! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Somebody's like, what does that mean? Oh, he ruined. <laughs> Is SoundCloud still a thing? That never mind. It exists. We got we got to talk about the movie. Okay. So Matthew McConaughey plays Joseph Cooper, who is now a, a farmer. He's an ex-engineer and pilot for NASA. Uh, he ends up back at NASA with his daughter after some hijinks and finds out that NASA has been working in secret to send people through a wormhole that has opened up outside of Saturn. This wormhole connects our galaxy to another nearby galaxy uh, around which there are habitable planets. So the, the Earth is in a state of disarray. Uh, one of the main characters makes a comment about how there used to be six billion people. We see a, a scene where the New York Yankees are playing a game of baseball. Um, there's only there's literally only corn left, literally only corn. <laughs> uh, so Matthew McConaughey ends up finding finding these people. Joseph Cooper finds these people. Finds out that Doctor Brand, a famous physicist, has been leading the charge for NASA to go through this wormhole and find habitable planets. There's a plan A and a plan B for keeping humanity alive. Uh, Coop. Decides he's going to be there. They ask him to be his pilot. Uh, be the pilot for the Endurance because he's the best pilot the NASA ever had. He says yes, which really tears apart his family. So Coop ends up taking a trip with Dr. Brand, two other scientists who kind of matter, I guess. And then two robots, Tars and Case. Uh, they go up, they shoot up to a station in the moon, and then they shoot for two years to Saturn. They fly through a wormhole. And their goal is to find the uh, collected data from a previous group of 12 astronauts who were relaying these potentially habitable planets. We're only like 30 minutes into the movie right now. Yeah, I know. Insane. I don't know really what more. Okay, so. <laughs> that's, um, I think that's fine. Like, that, yeah, you're doing, I think. You're doing fine. There, so uh, the, the oh, you are. Of, I'm just saying, like, yeah. there's so much happens in the movie. Like, a lot, you know. <laughs> a lot, a, a fucking shit ton happens. So, summary wise, they visit as many planets as they can with difficulties at each one that end up leading to uh, Matthew McConaughey deciding that to save humanity, he's got to eject himself into a black hole. Uh, he travels through the black hole, which we've been leading up to for a while with the robot being able to see quantum information. So data bo um, information that's behind the event horizon, which uh, logically we're never able to see because of black hole big sucks everything in um so him and a robot end up in there as scientists say yeah as a big suck uh <laughs> the uh we we see coop interacting with himself in the or interacting with a scene in the past in his home where uh, his daughter had a ghost it's actually him interacting through space time via the pulley downy force yeah he yeah, i yes. think yeah He's basically haunting his daughter. Yeah. Um, that causes her to be able to finish a set of theoretical quantum equations that allow you to create gravity, space, time, 
uh, and save humanity. And then when he's become a ghost. Yeah, the ghost. And then when he's pooped out of the black hole, um, he's spent an additional 121 years, basically, or like 90 years because of relativity. Uh, he's saved by a future astronaut. Yeah. Future people, yeah. Future the 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 future of humanity. He's saved, picked up by somebody in one of their cool ships, uh, and then he gets to see his daughter again, who is now hundred years old. And then, ensue. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Jinx and Sue. Hi, yeah. hi, Jinx. And now we're only forty-five minutes into the movie, <laughs> and, then... and then Matthew McConaughey's like awkward. <laughs> Um, All right, Jace, nicely done. Um, that's a hard movie to break down. You got a lot of um, Christopher Nolan-esque high-minded yeah. stuff going around. Yeah. Um, how does this movie work as a sequel to Ghost of Girlfriend's Past? Is this uh, a direct sequel, you guys think? A prequel? It's definitely a sequel to The Martian. Um, but that's <laughs> obviously <laughs> not... <laughs> yes. Because well, uh. he, if there's still time for him to go back, because he's well, like, think about he gets, it. He's like, he's the best of us. He survived. It's actually, Mars. I mean, the the intro to the movie is actually set pretty late, right? Like, it's not set in 2020. Yeah. It's set. It's like 2060. Yeah, something like that. That's that about lines up with when Mark Watney was was doing the stuff in The Martian, and so he becomes an esteemed astronaut, um, and then he goes off and loses his fucking mind oh, in space. Yeah. So let's we need to talk about that too because. Jason, Jason put in actor names. So yeah, we've got Anne Hathaway as uh, Doctor Brand. We've got um, Batman's Butler as older Doctor Brand. Michael Kai. <laughs> oh, you can't do this. You can't do this, Matthew McConaughey. You can't uh, do this, Spike. We've got the lady from Jurassic Park as uh, old Murph uh, from Murph. Lady Murphy. from Jurassic Park. That is Jessica Chastain for you. Yes, Black I'm not good right? with. I'm not good with actor or actor. Uh, I'm not good with actor names on Fine. either side of the. But, but there's a big actor name. Like there's this huge. Reveal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Timothy uh, Chalamet. Doctor. Doctor. Minutes in. Who's Timothy Chalamet? He's the kid. He's the. He's teenager. a flavor of ice cream. Oh. Um. Yeah. After after the failure on one planet, there's a decision between to go between uh, a second or a third habitable planet. Uh. One of the scientists is who Dr. Brand loves, and the other is Dr. Man, the best of us. Uh, the astronaut, the scientist who led the charge and got yeah, the rest the Rocky of the 12. Yeah, the Rocky of scientists. The Rocky of scientists. Um, and uh, well, <laughs> he's a giant he's, piece he gets, of crap. getting back up. You know? And we've talked shit about him before on this podcast, uh, and he's not better than Ben Affleck, you know? Um I'll I'll let you fuck it. Yeah, Whatever. it can't be reiterated it. enough. Uh-huh. The big MD. I think this movie, I, know. I think how much of a piece of shit he was and how much I hated him, yeah. I think they were literally, I think The Martian was like an op-ed. It was like, we've really got to make people oh, think yeah. that he's not a giant dick in space so that when everything goes bad in real life, they'll actually let him on a spaceship. Because after Interstellar, they'd have been like, no, 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 no. Matt. This guy. No, he's gonna go. Crazy. He was Mr. a Damon. great villain. My God. Yeah. Was he a good villain? Like, oh, that, that's my I think my favorite scene in the movie is him walking away from Matthew McConaughey, and being like, "Do you see your children? 
It was fucking scary. Yeah, it was. That's really good. It, I thought that was like the. I think that was like the best line in the whole movie. Do you see them? Yeah, his acting was great because you can see the oh shit on his face because when he wakes up and he's like, okay, what about the other planets? And he's still like faking it, and the other people are like, oh no, it's just you. We're out of fuel. <laughs> you know. Uh, so how's your planet? And he's you can see it in well, his face where he's like, oh cool, cool, yeah, but it's great, <laughs> awesome, yeah. It's just um, outside. <laughs> Come outside and see how cool it is. Stand next to this cliff. So I want to, guys, keep keep in mind, you landed on the Alaska of this planet. There's a Caribbean somewhere. Okay. Like, seriously, like 200 yards we, that way, guys. I swear. Like, we it's, can... it's down below. We can find it. It is negative 60. It's so cold that we're on a cloud that's completely frozen solid. But bear with me. It's like fucking Hawaii down there. One thing about this movie is like we people talk about scientific accuracy um, or like how real it is. But like they, there's not one fucking pooping scene in this movie. And like I don't know if, if you guys know about how like astronauts poop on on ships, right? Like mm-hmm. have you guys seen like YouTube videos about how they how they poop on ships? No. Yeah. You guys familiar? Basically, you get like a, a little lunch bag and you're like floating and you kind of squat and you, you catch it in the lunch bag and it's really like dehumanizing. Um, there's not one scene where they're presumably out in space for fucking years that they're pooping at all. I just I'm surprised they don't just make like an O-ring that you put around your butt cheeks and it opens up into space and it's like it suck that whole of, thing out. Part <laughs> of yeah, part of astronaut training is that you have to train your like internal sphincter like one yeah, one so section up all your so that all your, your all your poop is loaded and you've got to go like <clears throat> and then hit the button and go this sucks it all out. So it's the ultimate seal. So like if if it if it opens the seal just to sh- expose your ass to the vacuum of space for just a microsecond, just long enough to pull the poop out of your ass, fire it out like a rocket, mm-hmm. um, and then close before your organs come out with it. Yeah, um, that is very resource like efficient because mm-hmm. um, you don't need a paper bag. Not at all. You With know, the you margin don't need of error, man. Oh, it is it is tight, and it is a tough sell. For Actually, people who you are know, not completely ready. It's a, it's just a tube, right? So you could like for one second, you could just like you could also have a face mask that goes on and like, <clears throat> so you know your your whole the tube from your mouth to your butthole is all zero g, and then it just <clears throat> and you're fine. Wait, I don't think I understand. Wait, so you're saying wait, saying, if you wear you a- also put a vacuum into your throat. <laughs> And then no, 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 okay, 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 take, take some liberties, just like Interstellar did, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> Jace is an engineer, so let's, let's hear him, oh, no, there's no more to tell, there's no, okay, so you, the, the tube pushes air into your mouth, and because you said the digestive is like a tube, the no. air, yeah, something, well, I don't know. Could this be used as a weaponizable projectile? Um, like kind of like you know how they have ports in uh, pirate ships to shoot cannons. You yeah. can kind of like aim it, aim your ship. I was thinking is like you have to put this on like one very specific part of the spaceship where it's not going to hit. Oh, yeah. Johnson, two burritos. I need you on port side A. Enemy approaching. <laughs> the enemy's going to be here in eight hours. <laughs> you better fucking load up. <laughs> It's like a goss cannon of shit. 
Actually, that'd be all liquid if you drink sanity. <laughs> why do why why do a lot of our conversations come back to harnessing shit as a weapon? Because of Denali. <laughs> people have been doing it. It's one of the oldest weapons in the book. You know, it's the, the first weapon. Walls. You Biological create. warfare, yeah. <laughs> Biological warfare. And why not do it in the most advanced technology? Yeah, available? the monkeys. People have forget it down. about shit work. <laughs> Dude, the monkeys can can load, holster, and fire. That's the uh, real quick draw. Out of, its, out of its butt, yeah. <laughs> they're quick draw and shit storms <laughs> combined. That's their, like, so side companion. He's learning, he's trying is... to learn both at the same time. <laughs> it's a zoo monkey that throws shit. <laughs> it's their, it's their sidekick. <laughs> um, yes. Is that a superpower? It's like they're at the zoo and it's they're really like, accurate, that dude. monkey, he's really talented. <laughs> he's like chambering and holstering like three shits. He's like, yeah, there's a dartboard on the wall in the enclosure. <laughs> it's covered in shit. Like this guy's about there's to eat a hot dog. He sprays he... it down. Like... <laughs> the shit knocks the hot dog right out of his hand and eats the shit. Oh. Like, and that splits. <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> who is this monkey? <laughs> He's like trying to shitstorms like undercover that monkey. Shitstorms undercover watching him throw shit. Like we have a school to help him harness his abilities. <laughs> they spring him. They spring him from the zoo. That's the origins movie. Zoo break. What's this? Uh. Anyways, back to the, back to the <laughs> movie. science fiction. <laughs> We gotta wait for ourselves a little bit. Um, this this movie, man, this is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I think. Yeah, I like you know? it. Yeah, I think every time I see it, it's a it's a tear milker, man. It like milks the tears out of me. It knows how to hit those those spots. <laughs> Thank you for saying milking and not jerking, because after a I while, like... I started to realize as I grew up, I started to realize yeah. that tear jerker is like a really weird phrase to be using. It is a weird phrase. Yeah, tear yeah. milker. I think milking just... is more of a makes yeah, sense because your your glands are lactating tears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this also, is a like, real um, body fluid centric. Uh... <laughs> Let's see where else we get. Yeah, well, because this movie, man, like, there's like three big cry scenes. I think that I hit all of those, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you oh, know, gosh. he sees a hundred year old Murph at the end. I remember I saw that in IMAX and the theater was like, you know, it's really silent because it's a quiet scene. And I can hear like everybody kind of like sniffling and crying around me because like, yeah. it's such a, they, they hit uh, those, they hit the marks. The, the first one for me is when she's telling him not to leave at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, the big man. one for me all the after Murph watching scenes, it. Man. And then the Matthew McConaughey's crying uh, reveal. At, at the big, mm -hmm. at the, the big moment when the whole age thing. I don't want to explicitly ruin this scene for other people, but like the camera was on Jessica Chastain for a long time, and it switches to Matthew McConaughey, and he's just bawling. And yeah, I think that was that was really good editing because you because like I was right there, I was right there, and I needed, I needed one more thing to make me cry, and it just <laughs> the emotion... McConaughey can make me cry so easily. Yeah, we found another thing that people can just hire him to do, and he just can that guy cry or what? What the fuck? <laughs> he's a he's got a great crying face. 
And it like it makes me cry when I see him doing it. Yeah, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Me too. I'm feel I feel like I felt <laughs> during the movie. I'm that. like Yeah. Oh. Powerful. And this is the ultimate harnessing of Matt's uh ability to stare off into space and talk about just really literally. outlandish bullshit. <laughs> and he's yeah, literally. And this is the best fucking use of it. He's like staring off into space in the Tesseract. He's like, it's love, Tars. And he's like flying past all the books like a crazy person. He's like, it's love. It penetrates the universe. You know? <laughs> like, if you didn't see any of their other movies and you see him with like books flying past his crazed expression in a spacesuit talking about how love penetrates the dimensions, you'd think this movie's <laughs> insane. But it totally works, man. Like, I, I believed everything he was saying. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> we we got a movie where like in reign of fire he can be like a southern man from in the from like an american mm. <laughs> yeah. and just go like off the rails like in the beginning he's like when he's when he's a farmer you know and he's talking about like being a farmer uh they they, they really let the texas out of him and that was really cool not he's in ghost of girlfriend's past he's like um you know a little white collar I really yeah. like blue collar Matthew McConaughey. It's he can let all of his grease out. He's covered in fucking filth, <laughs> and it works so well for him. Like he is, he he is like a far. I feel like he is a farmer. He brings that like that farm energy. Like it's yeah. it's, it's such an easy role for him. I think that a lot of that is due to how this movie is shot. Uh, I don't want to go into the technical corner on this, but there is a lot that can be said about how this movie is shot. Um, the cinematographer, mm -hmm. I think, is someone who pretty much needs to be a household name. Um, Von Hoytema. He's I mean, terrific. I yeah, Von Hoytema. H-O-Y-T-E-M-A. He is mm -hmm. so good. And I think this was his first IMAX. And uh, did you guys notice that there were a couple shots out of focus? I, I'm not sure. I'm Name not sure one. If I noticed. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, there's there's multiple shots that were at, like that are notorious for being out of focus. But the, in the intro, he's on the porch with John Lithgow, and that's out of focus. And uh, there's a lot that can be said about that. And I have a whole spiel I could go off about that. But uh, the fact that they kept the out of focus take is really, really, really saying something, because Matthew McConaughey must have you know, knocked out of the park on this one take and they're like, it's out of focus. You know, we have this. Oh, so it wasn't maybe an yeah, intentional, intentional thing. It was like not intentional. And so uh, they have this, you know, the fanciest camera in Hollywood. They have the best guy mm -hmm. operating it. They have, you know, the, one of the biggest sci-fi budgets ever. And they use out of focus takes. Vaughn, you filmed 80% of this film out of focus. We took seven hours, <laughs> and six of it's out of focus. But Matt was great, so it's, we're gonna let it like, slide. You, you, you're going on IMAX, buddy. That's yeah. That's they the said funny it took too. what ten thousand hours to render the gargantua scene. You know, like because they had to publish all those publications, and they like rendered that huge accurate image of the black hole. Can, can imagine if you filmed that out of focus, and they couldn't get a good. Black that's one thing about the CGI. <laughs> that's one thing I love about this movie, though, is like they actually filmed a lot of this practically. Like that's the reason things can be out of focus is just mm -hmm. a testament to the movie because they shot so much of it practically. I mean, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, 
and I'm my goal is to bring up John Carpenter at least like once in every episode. But like, uh, he did everything practically, so I I just absolutely love that. And well, he's can, a carpenter. Yeah. You can tell it. It's... I'm sorry. I think I just threw off your whole. Thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I I definitely agree, man. Like, um. I heard the cornfields, like, you know, you probably just like a Reddit meme at this point, but it's like, you know, he, he planted, like Chris Nolan planted those fucking cornfields. That's all real. And then they sold it at a profit. I heard at the end of the movie. Um, what? They created a real wormhole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the corn's real though. The corn's real. Um, there's a lot of that. I think this movie really benefits from that. There's not a single shot where I'm like, oh, this is a movie. This is a fake thing. You know? Yeah. It all seemed and, like I was watching something. Um, I think in a way, except for the dragons in Reign of Fire. Like, I, I, I had a similar impression of Reign of Fire, and I was really surprised. Mm -hmm. um, Adrian, Bid Brip, Adrian Biddle did a really good job of, on that movie as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, Von Hoytema is like... Hit, hit, did you guys see Dunkirk? Oh, I didn't. That's on my list, though. I would really, really recommend Dunkirk. Uh, he gets better. There's less out-of-focus things in Dunkirk. But, like, just absolutely these huge, huge, huge wide shots, you know, and uh, that you really get the most out of IMAX in like the 70 millimeter format. I I would really, really recommend it if you guys like this movie. I'll give it a I'll give it a watch. Can you make Dunkirk not about World War whatever? Oh, yeah, it's going to be tough no. for Jace. It's Is there really hard for me. The uh, war parts. <laughs> you don't like you don't like war movies. I hate war movies. I think it's really probably because about... my dad loves war movies. Oh yeah, it's dad loves is... war movies. <laughs> I think the interesting thing, Jace, is you can make that not about war. Um, it's not a traditional war movie where you follow like one character through the course of a battle or something. Um, I mean, there's like three or four different plot lines it's that Dun... are interwoven. Is Dunkirk the guy who saved all the people from the ridge? That's hacksaw. Uh, no. Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah, that's, that's uh, him. That's Dunkirk. It was Dunkirk. That's him. <laughs> his, Are his you joking, Jake? His first name's Dunkirk. <laughs> Your face doesn't look like you're joking. No, I'm. Is he the guy that climbed the medic that wouldn't Dunkirk's fight? Dunkirk's a place. Oh, oh no. yeah, I'm sorry. Jason. He's thinking of Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Okay. Hacksaw Ridge. Is that the Another, movie uh, name or movie. is that the location? That's name? a movie name. <laughs> both. Those are both. <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge is also the location as well. <laughs> They're both um, places. Yeah. Yeah. Dunkirk, you can edit it into a sailing movie, I think. A movie yeah. about a fun day on the sea. And about planes. And need a... Yeah. And then about... But yeah. You... There's not a lot else left after that. Uh, standing on docks. Ooh. Yeah, there's not a lot of smiling, I like standing though. on docks. The jumping well, off of in. <laughs> Watch the Denali edit of Dunkirk. Uh, okay. It's about 15 minutes long. <laughs> It's a lot of waving and waiting on boats. Uh, is this movie kind of the opposite of Armageddon, you guys think? Like, Yeah, I was thinking like, about that. Like, this is... <laughs> it's Armageddon, but done well. You know, like, sci-fi, end, yeah. end of the world. Compare and contrast how Armageddon wraps up, where it's like, I'm gonna monster truck, jump a drill rig, and nuke the asteroid. And then, like, this end is like, I'm going to dive into the event horizon of a black hole and go into a tesseract and interact with fifth dimensional beings to change the past and create like a bootstrap and <laughs> fix save humanity from itself. Like that's some pretty, um, you're asking a lot from the audience, I think for a big budget movie. Did they both have strippers? 
Maybe. Was there a stripper scene in Interstellar? I think there was a scene where Tars um, was trying to entertain the crew, but I think oh, they cut it out. Yeah, wasn't it... there a robot that was decommissioned? Matt Damon's robot was decommissioned, and it had mm-hmm. all its like parts missing. Those robots are so cool. They're awesome, dude. They're like <laughs> they're my so favorite. Awesome. They're my favorite robots in any movie ever because the reveal of the robot, uh, you know, when he's when Matthew McConaughey is being interrogated in NASA for the first time, like that was really cool. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah. And then also the whole movie. They essentially treat the robots as like a monster. They never show the whole robot, right? Like you see mm-hmm. slices of it and you can kind of see like, you can kind of tell what's going on. You know, maybe for a clip, you see it like sort of walking. And then unfold, yeah. on uh, Miller's planet, on the ocean planet, the, when they have to go save Anne Hathaway, the robot mm-hmm. turns in and like all of a sudden just absolutely freaking transforms. Into yeah, like, so cool. <laughs> it's so cool, and the payoff for that was really well done because you were not expecting that robot. You're like, "How is this robot gonna go do anything?" This robot's slow as fuck. And it's like, <laughs> like turns into a wheel, and it's like, yeah, a galloping yeah. horse. Like, it was so cool. I have a completely different. I thought that scene was cool because they showed that the robot was able to move in ways that they didn't previously establish because right, of its exactly. its form and its function, but. I thought, I thought it was cool that they treated it so much like a human, the entire time. The interaction with yeah. the with the robots throughout the whole film is very human. They're they're a part of the crew. There's uh, yeah. multiple the times, jokes. multiple times the jokes, but also like multiple times in the movie, we see like um, uh, humanization of robots. We see it once with Murph with the drone when he pulls. He's like, mm. I'm gonna give this drone something to do i'm going to turn it into a combine for us she's like can't we not can we not hurt it can we just let can we get let it go back up and it's kind of you know it's kind of like a yeah it's something cool cute you would think of as a kid like it's like yeah let it go let it go live its life but like the real gritty thing to do thing that you need that drone to do now because it's just flying through the skies we needed to make crops because we could die and then you get that with the Strip with tar. Organs, yeah. You get that with Tars and Case later on. A lot. I like those characters. And the jokes, like yeah, the whole, then... the whole thing is like set up for for a couple for a couple jokes. Then because throughout the throughout the movie, they're talking about um, they're talking to the robots and saying like, "Do you have a humor setting? Well, what's it at?" And it, it's funny when the robots like seventy five percent. It's like, let's tone it down. Let's take it down. And then there's like yeah. <laughs> a, a recurring thing about the honesty, the robot having only an honesty setting of 90%. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that payoff that at the very end is like really, really good. I also liked how, because um, at the end they, they, they ask Tars to basically sacrifice himself, right? And Anne Hathaway's character is, is she straight up like, oh, you can't do that. Like, you can't ask him to do that. And Tars is like, yeah, it is what ask. it is, man. <laughs> And Matthew yeah, McConaughey and says, that's the thing. I don't have to ask. I don't have, yeah, it's a yeah. computer. Which is like a really but emotionally like, hitting. It is. At yeah. that point. I like those guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, touch on it. The first point. So I thought there were two things that I was like, nah, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, that's kind of stupid. That doesn't. One, you if you think about the movie, they barely found out that Matthew McConaughey was alive. And they were just going to do the mission anyway. 
So I thought it was funny to think, I was like, wow, if they didn't have Matthew McConaughey, they would have just gone to the, the habitable planet first. They would have skipped Dr. Man's planet. Oh, yeah. uh, but no, they would have died on the first planet without Matthew McConaughey because they would have landed Definitely. on it. <laughs> Why they needed the pilot. And the you know. giant wave would have killed them. But he was the guy who came up with the idea that made them able to go to that planet. He's like, I'm a really fucking good pilot, so we can go to this planet in the first place. Oh, everything would have been fucked. They would have been like, oh, we've got to land on it. Whatever. She's transmitting data. The reveal of that, like, it's been 30 minutes here. It's been 12 years back on Earth. She's been yeah. dead for 30 minutes. It's like... It's so cool. And it makes you just think constantly oh, with the time yeah. warp. Because we've never really had movies that had that. Like, you, you've had movies where mm -hmm. Planet of the Apes, that's the whole idea. But, like, that's that's time warp, like, happening consistently, like, linearly. As the characters move through the movie, yeah. time might move for them asynchronously. But in this movie, there's literally multiple different times like happening like like simultaneously and that i think is really really hard to keep track of and i like that it doesn't dumb mm -hmm. that down definitely and they kind of they do one really quickly too afterwards when he's doing the slingshot around gargantua and he's like that little maneuver cost us 51 years like where they do that, that quick yeah. like thing and you're like oh damn and but at that point they're just kind of like whatever fuck it we just need to get the hell out of here <laughs> yeah. and 51 years <laughs> whatever maybe my kids are 90 them, kind of a thing yeah I, I like that aspect i think like you know a movie's good and impactful and maybe this is my own metric it's like when people can make memes about it and kind of re reference it like that because there's a ton of interstellar memes right where you talk about like oh that maneuver costs us 51 you know you see the one yeah. where they're on like that water planet where time's dilated and there's so many different things you see and i think that's a sign that your movie's memorable and things stick in people's heads and I think Especially that's, the that's music. how you make a good movie. In this movie, the music oh. is memed. People yeah, the do like compilation. People do <laughs> compilation videos of like things spinning, yeah. and they put the, the the soundtrack to it. That's a sign of a great movie, I think. You know, despite what you know, maybe it doesn't have a one hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't mean anything. Um, but you know, even if it doesn't have five stars across the board on everything, um, the fact that it sticks in people's minds as a culture and affects you know the way people interact with media. I think that means you make a good art piece, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, this movie's one of those movies where you finish it and you're like, okay, if I watch that again, it's going to be lit. Yeah. Because I was just starting to pick Speaking up on of... the science by the end. Mm -hmm. It rewards rewatches, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. when you, did you guys watch this movie in theaters? Yes. It, came yeah. out? it was the first movie I ever saw in IMAX. Oh man, fucking I yeah, it's that's an amazing IMAX movie. I felt like there was a time dilation when I left the theater afterwards. Like when you walk out and you're into the real world and it's like, how am I gonna live the rest of my life after <laughs> experiencing that in a normal way? You know, I, I when you when you leave a movie like that, I think that that's really saying something. That's an impression to me, yeah. This is one movie that hits me with the sense of like um the feeling of finishing a book. Mm -hmm. the, I was I messed like a state of emo emotional lethargy. I was just like, I Respect. the movie the movie ended and I was laying on the couch and I was just like, <laughs> like a dementor pulled okay. all the emotions out of you because like, you spent what, <laughs> what am I supposed to do after it? Yeah, I felt the same way, uh, Jace. Yeah, I've got a gripe. Movie, like, okay, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I've got gripes too. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Not with like not okay, um, we- uh, my gripe is specifically with the uh, the exposition that we go through between Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey's character moving from base camp to the ledge where mm-hmm. uh, the shot is broken up or that that scene itself is uh, I don't know if there's a word for it but it's two interwoven scenes we see yeah. the split b- between Matthew McConaughey and then his daughter uh, I think I believe yeah uh, going back and forth mm-hmm. and it really gives you a sense of like it it makes it seem like because you're you're seeing the difference in time that that it's like a really long journey that a long journey has taken place and then we get to the climax of Matt Damon turning on Matthew McConaughey and breaking his visor open and Matthew McConaughey suffering or mm-hmm. suffocating but after that scene the walk back for Matthew, for Matt Damon back to base camp to see to see Romilly die in that that explosion is like cuz he turns yeah, around he turns yeah. around and 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 Matthew McConaughey's like crawling towards his responder so we can call for help he calls for help he's breathing ammonia he wasn't going to last he wasn't going to survive that long and it, so it's like how long was it was it a minute or two it, it seemed like an. Uh, Did they walk ten feet to the left. Yeah, they walk. They walk ten like... feet to the left, but it took ten minutes of the movie to to show us that switching back and forth. And they had like six different conversations that were way too philosophical. If I just met him, I'd be like, "What the mm-hmm. fuck, dude? Why are you asking me yeah. about my kids? That's weird, What's man." Going on? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Jason, you're actually on. The, you're totally on the right page, I think, for this, and that's a really. I think so. There is a term. It's called intercut. Um, when you have one scene going on, uh, <laughs> when you have one thing going, one scene going on, it's kind of the main scene, and then you cut to something else. Mm-hmm. It gives the human brain the, the <laughs> at least the way we understand the movie language after watching so many movies for our whole lives is we understand that those two things are happening at the same time. Yeah, and most of those scenes happen in real time. We're supposed to understand that not a lot of time is passing. Mm. And I think this movie kind of maybe messed up in there because it wasn't clear that Matthew McConaughey and Matt Damon were only on a short walk when in fact they were. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's totally that's totally a valid criticism. Uh, I think that someone being a professional editor would be like, oh, obviously this is a really short walk because these things are happening really quickly. And I talk like this. And... Since I'm doing intercuts, I'm everybody, everybody knows it's happening in real time. And uh, so I think that's maybe, that is a maybe mistake. Okay. They're, they're too, ing- the, the person is too engrossed in like film language that they they don't like. Mm-hmm. Okay, slow down. These things aren't happening at the same time, right? Because like they're on different fucking planets and different they could be ha- they could have been happening at the same time because she had just he had just gotten the on the oh, same right. age as you message but the way that they cut it i was like i was like are they on a fucking they've been on wa- they've been walking for 5 hours I it, yeah i thought it was a long time and there's there's actually a line right before that scene where Matthew McConaughey turns around and says cars 72 hours meaning we're we're going to leave in 72 hours but why would you say that mm. right before you're about to go on a walk? It implies that the walk is going to be a long walk. Um, my Ryan's technical corner is actually really closely related to this. And so I think it's a good 
time to just let's fucking get that thing over with. If for oh, you folks, for you folks it, at baby. home, feel free to skip ahead <laughs> by five minutes. <laughs> I, I was actually debating what to talk about with this movie because so, I love so much mm-hmm. uh, the cinematography. I think I could talk about like lens choices and shit for like ever, like hours. But I'm going to talk about editing for a little while. And uh, so what you noted is an intercut is a technique for having like two locations at the same time. And there's another kind of opposite strategy for showing the elapse of time. So let's say clip A happens on day one. And let's say clip two happens on day three. That means there's there's time that passed between the two shots shown in the movie. And the thing about a movie is you can't just like pop up a text on the screen and be like, by the way, before this next shot pop pops up, there's going to be film. 24 hours have passed. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you don't you don't say 24 hours later at the bottom of every shot where that happens. Um, so that's called an ellipses cut. It gets it from the punctuation dot dot dot. Mm. and um ellipses cuts can be really 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 short like akira kurosawa might have an ellipses cut that takes like a half a second but they can also be really long and they're traditionally back when we were first starting to make movies they were done by faded blacks that's why you see a lot of faded blacks in old movies because there's like well oh shit how do we how do we show that time has elapsed here they just fade to black and then they show the new clip and the Eventually, we learned, oh, that means this is happening a different time. This movie does not do that. Mm-hmm. This movie throws ellipses cuts every which way it can. You know, like, my favorite mm-hmm. one is when they... So, Matthew McConaughey is just leaving the farmhouse when he decides to go to NASA. And boom, the next shot is him in the rocket. They don't do the whole Armageddon thing where there's like a six minute long scene of everybody walking <laughs> up to the rocket in slow motion, you know, like they don't do that. They just yeah. jump right to the rocket and our brain is like, oh, time's happened. And we, we kind of like, you kind of have to shake your head a little bit. Like, oh, shit. Okay. This is what's happening. Let's go. And this movie, since the whole idea behind the movie is time travel in a sense, but most, for the most part, forward time travel, except for the ending scene. Like, I think that the ellipses cuts really are a stylistic choice. They, Christopher Nolan wants you to feel like you're missing time. He wants you to feel like, in one moment you're here, and boom, in the blink of an eye, a year has passed. They, when they're going to Saturn, there's not, there's not a scene in between when they're leaving for Saturn and when they get to Saturn. It's like a cut. It's all based on... it's. You're given the context with the cryo sleep. Yeah, it's, right, exactly. Set up to, yeah. And so I, I think other movies might do it differently. They might try and soften those ellipses cuts. And I really, really liked how they didn't do that in this movie. They would just, at the, in the blink of an eye, they would do it. I think in a way it might come off as poor editing, right? Because there's techniques so to, to, make, or... to soften those up. And make them a little bit more cohesive mm-hmm. so we can understand them. And this movie was just kind of like, ah, everyone's going to do it. Matthew McConaughey is going to open up. He's going to wake up outside of the wormhole. I think it worked really well in this movie because it gave a sense of urgency. I feel like when I think about how I watched I the movie yeah. and what you're, what you're discussing, there was always a sense of urgency. Like they laid it out on the table that time was one of their 
biggest resources and yeah. it drove a lot of decisions the totally that little that little for it costs us 21 years it costs us 51 years um and you're you're taken pretty quickly one in between locations in between earth and gal- the new galaxy but also uh you hit cryosleep they come back from that planet and uh dr romley dr yeah dr romley is is sitting and they're like they're like how long's it been and he's just he's spent so long on the space station that he's just so his emotion in <laughs> Which I think we draw from other people. That was really we good. draw our entire personality from our, inter- like the majority of our personality from people that we interact with. And, you know, it's a compilation of all that. And he's just stoic and he's sitting there and TARS or Case pops in. It has been exactly 21 years, seven months, days. And it's just like, yeah. Boom. Holy so you, you shit. Can, you can see Holy the light bulbs yeah. quick. Like they're like, you know, like how, how, like how fast were we is basically what they're, ac- with what they're asking. Uh, and I think that's a really good point, Jace, because when you pick up pacing, um, pacing is a really, really interesting thing. So uh, right before that, literally right before that, there's an ellipses cut because they're taking off and they're skirting the wave. Mm-hmm. And then we finally see that they're clear and then boom, they're on the space station. There's not like a inter, there's, there's not like a minute of footage of, of us trying to be like, oh, okay, they mm-hmm. left the planet. Now they're leaving the planet. Now they're arriving at the space station. Now they're docking. Now they're going through the airlock. Like that, I could see in a different style how that would take one to two minutes. Yeah. But it takes literally yeah. a blink of an eye, or I think there might be a one shot in between. So I really, really think that you're right on the money. That's a good point, Ryan. I didn't even think about that kind of stuff, but I think you, yeah, you raise a good point of how this movie is paced. Like I didn't know, I didn't put my finger on those types of edits to pace this movie. Like, I wonder if those sudden edits are because the original cut of this movie was eight hours long. And then Chris Nolan was like, oh, fuck. This is already... <laughs> they some want them, at least sub three yeah, hours. Some of them are planned. Like, you, can, you really can tell some of them are planned. And the other ones, I think maybe where you shave off seconds or minutes, I think those ones are the ones where that maybe get left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I thought my favorite one is where you, where you said where he was in um he's in the car driving away from Murph and then it cuts to the the lift off right but you can hear the lift off while he's driving where it's like 10 9 ignition and, and like that gave me goosebumps I was like oh god it's happening he's like going up into space I thought right. that was the most effective use you know and that's a really and good way of softening that's yeah. softening the blow as well like getting our minds ready good for 20 that. minutes of content Exactly. Yeah. Armageddon would not good, have done yeah. that. And that's why less <laughs> go to a strip club. Go that's why less happened concert. in Armageddon. Like, you know, yeah. so much less happened in that movie than in this movie. That's so true. It was roughly very similar run times, maybe like 10, 15 minutes less for Armageddon. But like I could name about like two or three things that happened in Armageddon. Meanwhile, Interstellar, like in Jason's synopsis, where he said like a hundred really crazy things that could have been a whole movie on their own, and that was only like a third of the movie. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm so happy uh Dune is in two parts. Oh god, yeah. Hey, do we've been talking about scenes, we've been talking about cuts. Um and you just mentioned the driving to the to the station in that uh turn nine. Um did this movie get Matthew McConaughey his Lincoln commercial deal? 
based on all the driving oh. scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln was like, he drives that truck really good. <laughs> he drives spaceship. Can he drive Lincoln? <laughs> the the uh, I just so that. And this is the first time, Denali, normally you're the one that brings up product placement. Mm -hmm. This is the first time Yuri yeah. has ever been like, she was like, he's wearing a Carhartt. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Yeah, is, <laughs> this is a Carhartt movie. This is just another another shill. And <laughs> Big his, Carhartts shoving there. We're, we're in a war. I think we're in a world where, you know, they don't have... Uh, they, if pre if, as previously talked about, they don't have MRIs. They did not have an MRI machine yeah. for them to be able to detect the cyst in his wife's brain. Uh, for people that don't know, an MRI is a superconductor that needs to be run at like negative 214 degrees. So it's either being pumped constantly full of liquid hydrogen or I don't even know if liquid nitrogen is cold enough to allow it to scan your body. So in a place in time where there are obviously way less than six billion people we can't even harness that to to make those things which is weird that they have budweiser they can make beers but that's true it's the first yeah, and it's, last it's thing it's that like they make. water and then beverage <laughs> and in a well, world you where you only have there corn. was another yeah exactly <laughs> fucking corn dude i'm so sick of corn <laughs> so incredible I noticed another Carhartt's product placement. Did you notice when um, Matt Damon's character was banging his helmet against Matthew McConaughey's helmet and Matthew's brakes, but his doesn't? You can see the Carhartt logo on top of his. And then oh. um, Matthew McConaughey's label actually says the leading brand on it. Um, so, you know, that's something you guys might have missed. <laughs> Carhartt visors. We'll, we'll keep it together. There's a 50% chance yours breaks too. No, mine's Carhartt. <laughs> and he winks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they funded the uh, all the black hole scenes <laughs> well before we we get i think we're or think we're kind of winding down we're going to get into our scores soon before we do that um can we talk about how to make this movie kind of more maybe marketable for the general audiences because i feel like it threw a lot of challenges out i think it, it threw a lot of tough concepts it was it was kind of like space odyssey mm -hmm. um is there things we can do to kind of spice things up you know maybe we can throw in a love triangle between um i don't know tars case and uh matt damon's character because matt damon spent that whole time with the robot by himself and Do, two other doing robots what with the robot denali you Picked said up it earlier tips. okay like he's been there for 10 years okay and all he has is this rectangle robot uh -huh. okay who has a very sexy voice very charming very funny he does there, there had to have been a romance that happened between him and that robot guaranteed what's your uh Sexy parameter. <laughs> What's your uh, currently zero percent? Wow, we pump those numbers up. Can you turn it, it up, up to ten? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you think the robot seduced him? He's like working on some stuff, and he sees like this robot rectangle hand like go over his hand. He's like, no, it's like this. It's like ghost. And he's like <laughs> the robot's like hugging around him on the outside, guiding his arms. That <laughs> they're making pottery together. <laughs> Yeah, I think we could we could spice things up with uh, showing more of those robot scenes. Um, I think we, I think we've we've made a more marketable, a sexier version of Interstellar. Did, so, did you guys know that um, Interstellar is the you know the mm -hmm. life that they were living? That's just Kansas, right? Like, uh, there's a scene where it's like, eat your souffle and your corn fritter and your cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Kansas. Is it just they only they have just, corn? It's their only food source. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere else is fine. They all have. Co- it's like rain of fire. Yeah. This movie oh, everywhere so they... else in the U.S. is fine. <laughs> this movie is just based in Kansas or or Iowa or somewhere flat. Yeah, you, you actually misheard them, Jace. When they said this was NASA, they actually said CASA, and that's Kansas Aeronautical Space Association. And they hate Kansas so much that they want to uh, fly oh. into space into another dimension. <laughs> they got seceded from. Everyone thought they were too boring. Uh, <laughs> do we do we want to get into uh, our meters, guys? I'm putting <laughs> the map meter up. All right, Ryan, do you want to start us off? Or do you want? Do you like the pattern of me doing this for this season? Starting us off for the for the map meter, uh, I thought I've still been starting us off. Well, last two, you were like, I don't want to start us off because I feel like I set the bar so high. I'll do it. It seems like oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Except you go into host mode and then you say, Ryan, do you want to do it every single time? Yeah, right. You know, <clears throat> I'll do it. Ryan, you just, do it. it naturally. You seem seems like you want to start us off. You know, um, I like this movie. I like Matt. Uh, both of them. I think that he was able to go Southern Boy, which was really, really great. And obviously volume is high because he's in nearly every scene. Um, he's not that sexy. I mean, he's a DILF. Wow. But mm-hmm. he's not like... He doesn't take, <laughs> he doesn't take his shirt off. You know, uh, he doesn't like really get mcconaughey Oh, I gotta adjust my score. You're right. Yeah, let me see here. And I think that uh, this is one of his, you know, top two performances of his whole career. Uh, I think I would dock him a point for just maybe breaking again, but breaking typecast a little bit with like he did with Rain of Fire, I guess. Mm. So I'm gonna go with a nine. So pretty darn up there. That's a good score. That's that's about his. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of your highest scores, I think, I, you've I think given so. out. I think so. I think he is just so good. He's so, so, so good. And I think this is, I mean, Dallas Buyers Club is what it is, but this is, like, my favorite performance of his, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the volume Dallas is Buyers so Club is where he won the Oscar, right? I think Jared Leto might have won it. I don't know if he won it. But yeah, him and Jared Leto won it. Wasn't that his? Right, yeah, okay, think, okay. Yeah, I think so. All right, nine from Ryan. It's a great score, Jace. What do you think about our our boy on this one? Did he say all right in this movie at all? Statistically, probably, but I think whenever when he's when he said it in the other movie, Amber and I like looked at each other, and I think I feel like we didn't look at each other for this movie. Yeah, I and I feel like he didn't say it. I think he just said okay, and I was like, come on. I don't think he gave. A, he I'd gave say he, the fucking word. He didn't give a a classic Matt all right. Um, yeah. Might have been too harsh on the previous hair reviews. Like I think where we've se- I've seen three movies and it seems like besides where it was really oiled back in Ghost Girlfriend's past, I think we're actually seeing what the standard is, the normal. Um, Lord, great performance. He acted the fuck out of this movie. I'm only gonna give him a minus one for not saying all right that I'm aware of, and I might have to change my score. Nine. Nice. I'm in a sense of I'm in a sense of awe when I watch him acting in this movie. Like I believe that he's an astronaut and the best pilot they could have found. And every time they don't listen to him, I'm like, "You motherfuckers! I'll kill you!" (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I I uh I find myself agreeing with you guys. Um, we got two nines. I might throw in uh, a nine of my own here. So what is that? We might number of the niest. Number of the niest. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a nine from me. Um, Matthew McConaughey knocked it out of the park, man. This was the first movie I saw of his where I was like, holy crap, this dude is such a good actor. I think pre-2014, I was kind of like, oh, is that that guy in a bunch of rom-coms and shows up in random movies? Like, he's okay. Um, but this is this elevated him for me and probably a lot of other audiences um, to where we were like, this is this guy is is something serious. Um, and now he's, I think he's probably one of the most well-respected actors out there. You see him in a movie now, it's like, oh shit, we should probably see that movie, you know? And that's kind of how I feel about other other actors like, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I consider him on, on that caliber. Um, this movie, yeah, he didn't have his traditional Matthew McConaughey stuff. He, uh, <laughs> no shirtless scene, no seduction scene, uh, no greased back hair, no all rights. But, uh, man, he was, he was fucking oily in this movie. And he, he did, uh, pontificate on a lot of bullshit. <laughs> and I think he really, he, he knocked it out, uh, so, so well. Um, the only reason why I'm docking him down is, again, he didn't hit the stereotypes, which I think maybe to his credit, I like that he didn't. Um, I feel it's a little unfair. It is unfair. Our meter's unfair. I'm going to say it right it now. Is. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> but it's going to be a nine, man. And think of that as a as, as a good number. Because, like, you know, think about Ben Affleck in Gone Girl. Like, he still knocked it out of the park, but he was a sleazebag. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so throw in a little bit of you know throw in a little bit of that a one line no one line to let us know that matthew mcconaughey is still a dick in this movie as well i'm so glad they didn't have that in there and i think part of it is because he's like an aged dad he's not considered like a bachelor and i think that really saves it where i'm like i'm totally on board with this character i actually like his character rather than i'm always holding some reservation of like is this guy kind of a creep? Um, and I didn't get that from this. He, he's a widowed ex-engineer pilot that has literally been sent to work on a farm because they don't need pilots anymore. And he's given his redemption story. And he mm -hmm. just fucking kills it. Yeah, I loved it. Like, he sells the farmer. Yeah. And and then mm -hmm, totally. you're like, oh shit, this guy isn't just a farmer. He sells the the, the pilot. And Yeah, there I were like... no gaffes in the engineering or science like talk from him that were like the reasoning. It's like we should do this because of this. I was like, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I Yeah, think I, I believed him as the pilot. That's I think an interesting point too, is because the the uh debate the great debate in this movie that takes place literally in the movie is that um, what planet to go to after kind of after they find out that one is a time sink. They are debating whether or not to go to Matt Damon's planet, Dr. Mann's planet, or Dr. Edmund's planet. And the re one of the reveals is that Anne Hathaway's character is actually in love with Dr. Edmund's mm -hmm. and hasn't mm -hmm. seen him in a decade. Mm -hmm. and now wants to go to that planet because she does. And maybe the data from Dr. Mann's planet is more promising, but there, there's this whole... I mean, you can make fun yeah. of that talk all you want, but uh, that speech all you want, but 
that was oh, that was really good. And it was Matthew right though. Which, like, yeah, Matthew kind of lays down. Like he's just like, yo, this that's not right. Like you have to put that aside. We're talking about the human race. But then there, there's another aspect too. Like he has as a character, he has his own attachments that he's trying to save because yeah. She turns it back around and says, "You're being selfish because you just want to see your family again." Because he wants to go back to the wormhole, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like for me, <laughs> in that situation, like that, that's what I, I sort of love about it. Because put one of us in that situation, will we act differently? And that's what I think character is. Um, as yeah, soon as you have question. someone who's not just the audience member, as soon as you have a character in there who acts differently than the audience would in that situation, boom, character. And Matt is doing something that we wouldn't do. He was like, doesn't matter about the human race for the most part. I got to get back to the wormhole. Mm-hmm. I heard they uh, they hired Mark Wahlberg to play Dr. Edmonds. Um, and they filmed a whole thing on his planet. Um, and then they also filmed Matt Damon's uh, part on his planet. And they made uh, Matthew McConaughey choose um, in that scene, whoever had the most convincing argument. And he chose Dr. Mann's. And then um, that's why all the hijinks ensued. Like the movie was actually going to be like an hour and a half. They literally put him down. (laughs) Yeah. They, uh, oh, so that's why he hasn't been in a movie since 2014. Yeah, they retired in like Blade Runner. (laughs) Every, (laughs) they have to grow a new Mark Wahlberg um, out of those bags. They're like, he's not muscly enough. Give him another year. Got to make another Kong Skull (laughs) Island movie. Make him do another movie with The Rock. <laughs> they love that shit, those idiots. <laughs> Soon, we'll have enough meathead movies to... All right, you want to get into the uh, the actual ratings of this, of this thing? Ryan? Yeah. What do you got for this movie? So, I think, probably to the benefit of everybody, I have already gotten my tactical corner out of the way. Uh, this is a movie to me that you can watch with the sound off. And that is so refreshing to me. Like, to watch a movie and be watching the movie. Not just listening to it or just reading the subtitles, but be looking at what's on the screen and being like, yes, that is pleasurable to my brain. Like, my brain enjoys what is yeah. happening within these four corners. <laughs> yeah. And Is that what you say when you're watching a movie with Julie? <laughs> my brain she when she cooks me a good meal i say the same thing like mm, this is pleasurable to my, my endorphins are squirting mm. <laughs> <laughs> these nutrients will serve me well <laughs> yeah um i think the writing does what it does <laughs> it's very christopher nolan like the huge speeches are a little off the mark the expository dialogue is a little off the mark but like the really personal moments like the really good character moments or like the reveals of the villains and the reveals of this person landed here probably an hour ago and they just died yeah that was so i think well written and once again like matt damon's turn i have a a few quotes i wrote down like while we were uh uh like while i was watching the movie i think that's great i normally don't watch i don't write quotes down like during ghost of girlfriends past not only was it a terrible looking movie, but like, I don't remember a single word that was said in the entire movie. But uh, I, I really, really you did. said all like, right once. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, you got me there. So uh, I was saying this movie, I think, has a special place in my heart. 
as like the first IMAX movie I ever I ever saw. So I think this like the IMAX is just absolutely beautiful. And even watching it like at home on Blu-ray, I think it's almost like a really, really great reproduction of it because like the IMAX shots, I don't know if you guys noticed, like so they use two different cameras for this. They use the IMAX camera and they use a 35 millimeter camera. So the shots with the letterboxing, the widescreen format, that would be on a different camera than the IMAX. And then all of a sudden, as soon as we would get like a space shot or like a really, really nice, huge, like beautiful shot where they wanted to get like everything, it would they would blow it up to IMAX and your whole screen would be full Right, like so, literally from corner to corner on your TV screen would be full. And normally, when you're watching a movie, they have an aspect ratio that's a little, you know, tighter, a little wider. So there's letterboxing, which is great. Don't get me wrong; serves its own purpose. But like, a lot of documentaries are shot in that IMAX aspect ratio, and so half the movie, you're like, oh, cool! I'm watching this new footage that NASA released. Or something you're like watching a space documentary and i think they got they pulled it off really well and i love i've loved space since i was a kid um i think i'm gonna end up giving this movie a nine i think it's got some writing problems that i don't think i can overlook uh i love this movie though i think it's one of my favorite movies uh re-watching it i think it's one of my favorite movies that's one thing too i probably wouldn't have put this in a list of my favorite movies until maybe last night you know, watching it for the third or fourth time. Alrighty, nine. That's a good score from uh, from the Rye Man. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just open up with it. I'm giving it the movie a ten. Nice. Um, I mean, I'm on the fence. Better yeah. ready, baby. When we, yeah, like in comparison to the other movies that I've rated really, really highly, it inches out in front of from like just being stunning visually, and all the scenes and the cool shots that they had of different like spaces like the giant the planet that is literally next to a black hole where there is a change in time that time factor an hour is however many years and there's a giant wave and it's you know you got to kind of look past it like why didn't they see the waves while they were landing or while they were orbiting it it's because Mm -hmm. well when you're orbiting it that time factor is still there so it's literally been like a minute or it's been like ten seconds on that planet, so you're like, oh, there's a big ass mm-hmm. mountain there, and it's like That's a really good point. Yeah, it's yeah. They they were outside of the. I think they took some liberties, but you have to. It's 2060, and they're flying through a wormhole. Uh, the only thing that brought me out of the movie, which we've <laughs> talked about, was the Tars quote. It's like, Denali, what is it? Oh, or he's like, uh, man, was he like, oh, the, 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 the bulk beings are closing the Tesseract. <laughs> yeah, the, the one quote, what he, what he's in the, the, yeah, which would, I guess, be a Tesseract is like, the bulk beings are closing the Tesseract. It's like, I think that movie was so, or that line, that one line was the only thing that fell out, out of place in the movie to me. And one of the other like Marvel movie for, for whatever reason, not to say, you know, we don't like hold hands normally or whatever. Yuri and I were holding hands during one of the parts of the movie that was like real, there was a lot of tension. And I knew that Aww, like I was absorbed and I knew that I was absorbed and I could feel like tense in my body. I could feel the movie. And then I've, I've seen the movie before. So I was like thinking about it and it kind of let me relax. She was like, gr- mm. she was gripped onto my hand and I was like, wow, the, 
Interstellar brings it. Every single one of the emotional movie moments that we talked about hit me. When he's watching, when he's crying because his son had a kid, and then he lost the kid, and he's watching his family grow up, and his daughter oh. hasn't sent him anything, and his father-in-law dies, and he's just broken emotionally, and has to like he's like still got to go on this mission, and then he sees his daughter, and his daughter's like, no parent should have to see their kid die. I've got my family here. You've got to go find Dr. Brand. Left emotionally speechless. The, the shots, everything looks so good. It's so good. The movie's a 10. Uh, I, I love it, dude. I'm so happy that you're happy. <laughs> oh, I love this movie. Me too, man. Yeah, like, I think I'm right there with you, Jace. I'm going to have to also give this uh, this guy a 10. This, uh, this movie knocks that out of the park the for me. Am I the only one that's not... <laughs> Ryan's can... a nitpicker. I don't. I love this movie, but Ryan hates Interstellar. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I, re I definitely recognize some. You know, there was like one or two lines. Yeah, I think kind of. I thought were a little cheesy. Maybe pulled me out just for a sec. Um, but it was not nearly enough to detract from the movie for me at all. Um, like Jay said, man, like every intention it had it worked on me if i if they wanted me to be dumbstruck with awe it fucking worked dude that's that shot when they're tracking across jupiter uh, or, or saturn um that that yeah. left me with awe in the theater i was like oh i was speechless i was like i was holding my breath uh, all the shots of gargantua all the emotional beats man um it hit me every time i cried exactly when they probably wanted me to <laughs> i was like laughing whenever they wanted me to all the jokes hit for me too um and i think that's a sign of the great movie um i can probably remember most of the things from every single scene in this movie, because there was so much memorable shit in a movie that's like three hours long. That's fucking amazing. Like you can't get that out of me for a lot of movies. And I, I told you uh, guys before, like I don't really rewatch movies a whole lot. Um, it's kind of hard for me to do that, even if I like it. This movie, I could definitely rewatch over and over again. Um, because like I said, it rewards rewatches. You get a new perspective every time. And I think it fucking holds me. Um, so this is gonna be a ten, man. This is a this is like an ideal Denali movie. Yeah. I love space, love Chris Nolan, and uh, the Batman brought it. Fucking brought it. This is Con a man. It's a fucking good movie. I think it's just a freaking good movie, and it's a, it's a display yeah. of what a big blockbuster movie should be. <laughs> For this, like my, I think sci-fi is like one of my favorite genres, and you guys know that. Um, but the two yeah, recent movies to really knock it out of the park for me are Interstellar and Blade Runner 2049. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Ad Astra. I think that was a little more people liked it or didn't like it. Um, but I'm ready for Dune to complete the the trilogy. Oh, yes. Uh, is this movie our, our paycheck for Matthew McConaughey? Our, the movie where we will return and... Because it was, it was. I think it was up to paycheck that we we fell in love with with Ben Affleck's work, you know, where we were on board with him. And it is is Interstellar the paycheck of McConaughey's work? What I think do that's you the mean? first time that sentence has been said. No, um, it's 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 the movie we, 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 we enjoyed. Like Gone Girl. Gone Girl was before Wait. paycheck. Oh, was it? God, I always get there. I, I don't even it know our own episode. It was. I think Gone Girl. This might have done both, though. Like, this works um, even better for Gone Girl, actually, because Gone Girl is actually a good movie that was very emotionally affecting. I thought Gone Girl <laughs> so, emotionally affecting, and then Paycheck showed us that like the movie that was rated really low 
we really appreciate mm-hmm. we appreciate what Ben put into it in the yeah. So in wait, the, so the we, we should story. do an action movie next. We should do like it's some... Magic Mike. I think the I think the I think the <laughs> the mirror is Magic Mike, that's dude. Ch- okay, but that's a Channing Tatum movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let me look at Matthew McConaughey. He's movies. number one build, but that's just because he's Matthew McConaughey and it's Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the Tate man hasn't hasn't gotten big at that point. So. I'm thinking for our next movie, we should do kind of in the realm of more of a fun, maybe stinker adjacent movie. Yeah. What do you guys think? Like this a fool's a... gold surfer dude. Yeah. My oh, Sahara? is like dazed and confused. <laughs> Sahara will be a great. Actually, Sahara might be a good one because <laughs> that's an action comedy, isn't it? It is. Was it critically panned? This it is the been. one movie that I want to yeah. watch. I like Steve Zahn as well. I've never seen Sahara. Me either. Oh, what? Ryan, we might be getting into a freshie where Jace is our, is our, um, our shepherd <laughs> into uh, this movie. Let's see here. Sahara, 38%. Okay, this is, this is stinker territory, <laughs> but a lot of people like it. So I think this is like the basic of- <laughs> Or of Matthew McConaughey. Um, seasoned adventurer Dirk Pitt. That is the most like <laughs> gross Dirk Pitt. That sounds like <laughs> the character in Boogie Nights. Dirk, Dirk Diggler. And it's got Steve Zahn, Penelope Cruz. I'm down for Sahara. Tiptoes. I'm down for, for Sahara as well. I think Reign um, of Fire might have been the paycheck for Matthew McConaughey. Oh, you're right. The underrated action ridiculous movie Mm -hmm. that we we actually low-key liked. That one was, yeah. I think we were trying to go for Daredevil for that first one, um, but we ended up hitting the paycheck. This might be the Daredevil. I'm fine with whatever. Uh, I I, I would just, I just, I want Sahara to come up in the 10. Doesn't have to be the next one. Um, for Sahara or Surfer Dude? Oh, hold on. Fuck. The first review on IMDb says this movie certainly isn't something to watch when you're looking for an action flick or something with a real plot. Surfer Dude? Yeah. I don't think it's on anything. It might be out of print. <laughs> you guys uh, want to do Sahara? Okay. This screen guy watch with wrote, ads. Guys, the guy who wrote Sahara's screenplay is a murderer? Uh huh. What? <laughs> Sorry. Good. Okay, I thought you were gonna lead up to something bad. Yeah, I thought like. Oh no, he just You're asking if he's a murderer. He murders, you know, movies' hopes of being good, but he wrote <laughs> like literally nothing else except for the Conan the Barbarian reboot. Well, that's a shit. He wrote another <laughs> movie called Dylan Dog: Dead of Night. So you're telling well, me Lobster Arcane has a chance. <laughs> oh, we need to update people on Lobster I don't think Arcane. we can talk about it, because if we talk about it and we're not prepared to go, somebody is going to steal Lobster Arcane from us, and they're going to pump out a script, and somebody's going to buy it. Well, guys, well, I think, I think we're settled on Sahara. If, are, you guys, are you guys okay with Sahara? I'm going to turn the key on my end, but it's like a nuclear submarine. we got to all turn the key. All right, we're all, and we're all going to press the nuclear missile button to do Sahara. Oh, God, how many things? And then we have to bang our forehead on the car <laughs> Three times. Visor. Yeah. Cool, guys. 
Well, next week, we're going to take a visit out to the... Where is Sahara filmed? Is it in the Sahara? <laughs> we're going to go out to the Sahara. Do you guys and, know uh... what that movie called Amazon has filmed? <laughs> that movie called This Was Filmed in the Mississippi Delta. <laughs> it's actually filmed in Whitehorse, Canada. Uh, we're going to go in into the, uh, <laughs> into the Sahara and watch Sahara. Watch Matthew McConaughey be an awesome treasure hunter guy. Uh, but join us next week. I've never seen Sahara. Jace has. He said he likes never, it. Yeah. I'm going to fucking be love this, Jace. and Ryan's going to be like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I did the right thing yeah. by taking us from the tippy top down to the mm-hmm. itty bitty bottom. Well, I hope you guys will join us next week um, for our Sahara episode. Hit us up on Twitter. Why not? Our Twitter handle is at GBGBs1, GBGBS1. One, uh, throw a like and subscribe or whatever medium you're you're doing this. Interact with us. Just press all the buttons. Write whatever you want. It could be anything. We're not looking. Yeah, no, buy Carhartt. Read all of them. Like, <laughs> this is a good brand. Hope Carhartts haven't done anything wrong. I don't know. Haven't vetted this one. Um, and then do us a favor. You know, if you got one friend who likes a podcast or a family member, tell us. Tell them about our show. You know, tell them about Good Boys tell Gone to Land. You know. Yeah, tell us, tell about, us about them. them. Email us. We will read know, about like them. Podcast. <laughs> uh, Thanks a lot, guys. You guys, you guys got anything you want to announce? Plug for next week? Uh, yeah, I do. The, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. those like six dollar peach bellinis at Trader Joe's are so mm. good. And mm. if you go in there, like everybody our age that's in that store has one in their cart. It's pretty funny. Oh God, I miss Trader Joe's so much. All right, that's a plug for the Peach Bellinis, guys. Check that out. Then we just end with an all right. All right. All right. Fuck you, Denali. Denali, come on. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, guys. See you next week. All right. Uh (laughs) right. We we said it. We said it. We said it.